Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 77. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we are excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed illustrator, Camilla Kroll. She's here to talk to us about her latest Kickstarter project, Rusalka. Did I say that right? Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. A mythical woman with strange powers and a dark secret. Discover this dreamlike folktale inspired by Slavic mythology. Camilla, hey, thank thank you for coming. This is a thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. I went on you know, and I I discovered your your Kickstarter and uh, completely was blown away by the the style of it and oh, thank you and, and congratulations and we'll talk about in a little bit you actually are now funded uh yeah it is it's still going but it's funded you got 27 days left as of this recording and you still are it's a it's impressive to see that you've you're already hitting stretch goals so congratulations to it's that it's been crazy thank you yeah <laughs> it's been fun <laughs> So talk to us about before we before we you know we we jump right into it and start talking about this. For some of the folks who are kind of interested in wanting to learn more about your your artwork and your style, yeah. can you give people a, a bit of a background of of how you got into your illustration? Sure. So um I mean I kind of have I've always been sort of that kid who liked drawing all the time and reading comics and stuff. So um there's no sort of very exciting story with it. Um, but um, I think it's probably being into comics and sort of being into um, art books and, and things like that, that got me into illustration as well. So it's like, I've always loved, loved drawing and painting, but I never thought um, sort of where I can apply this kind of work. And then when I was in high school and I discovered that graphic novels are a thing, I just thought this is something that I'd like to do, and I think this is this is how it started, pretty much. Um, but then, uh, when I was twenty, I ended up um, leaving Poland because I'm Polish, I should have said. Um, and uh, so I left Poland and I came to Cardiff, Wales, where I'm still almost seven years now. <laughs> That's the the story. And yeah. Okay. And, so, and I wanted to kind of show the the folks on here your 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 work. I am sure. in, incredibly like awed by some of your your the styles that you do on this. And you work specifically, as you say, you um, before we went live, you see, kind of do a little bit of of I don't analog. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah, you do art by hand but you also did do some digital work so yeah talk yeah. a bit about that how do you do your style yeah sure um i think sort of doing like the art education i've tried like a little bit of everything like different techniques just to see what works for me mm -hmm. sort of like trial and error but um what i really love is um like ink drawing and ink and brush and all the brush pens so it's like really dynamic line so that's when I'm usually using and then adding colors in Photoshop. But recently, and especially for more of the comics work, 
mm -hmm. I've been working fully digitally um, and that's been also really fun to just like, experiment with different effects and brushes. So I guess it kind of depends on the projects and, and how I feel as well, sort of jump between fully like, uh, fully digital and, and analog techniques. Mm. Now, so, so talk to us a bit about mm -hmm. the, uh, so do you use, um, when you do digital work, are you using like Photoshop, Procreate? How, what are you, how are you doing this? Um, it's all Photoshop. Oh, wow. So, okay. um, so these ones, the ones on the screen now, they are the traditional drawing with the like, ink brush pen. I think it's the Pentel brush pen. It's really cool. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, if I could just keep one art tool forever, I would keep that brush pen probably. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then I just scan it in and then it goes into Photoshop. And um, yeah, and everything else is done in Photoshop. I like sort of playing with the colors of the line as well. Um, and with different textures on some drawings as well. Okay. So you draw, you draw it out pen and paper and then you scan it in and then Photoshop it? Yeah. Is that yeah. And um, especially with the newer work, I'm trying to not just do flat color, I sort of play with different textures and brushes, which is still something that I think I'm experimenting with um, mm. and sort of trying out different things. But I like the mixture, I think. I like the mixture of traditional and, and digital right. all together. And and so as you talk about with, with you know, experimentation and trying new things, um, what have you noticed recently? What have you, have you, there's something that you've noticed recently that you've tried to experiment with that you say, all right, this is going to be on in my, in my tool set. This is something mm. I'm going to be using all the time now. I like what I did here. Yeah, I think, I think the textures, playing with textures in Photoshop, um, which I think I've sort of tried to like find, oh, like it's like here, like the little like grainy textures. I've been using loads of different brushes and sort of constantly being not satisfied with the effects. And then, then something just finally clicked. So I guess like repetition is, is key in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think I really enjoy when a digital image still has that traditional feel to it a little bit, so a bit of graininess and um, a sort of, I, I don't like it perfect, if that makes sense. I yeah. like when it's a bit of wonky line, a bit of imperfection. I think it just makes it a bit more alive. Right. And so so talk to us a bit about as well your uh, your, your passion for, for character design. Now, how did that get to get about? Yeah, um, yeah, it's strange. I don't know sort of if there's any explanation to it. I'm just really drawn to drawing people. I'm really drawn to um, strange characters. I like playing with different shapes and um, making them slightly exaggerated and stylized and sort of seeing how can I convey like a certain personality within just like one character drawing. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've been um, practicing for a long time now, I think. And, and these characters are from my Slavic mythology art book. So that was a really fun series when I was um, doing a bit of um, Slavic mythology research and then sort of reimagining different creatures um, for myself and thinking about like different symbols that they can have. Um, and that's, uh, I think, 16 of these characters that I've created. It was last autumn. Oh. That was really fun to work on. Now, 
And so uh, when you put together, when you put, when you put this together, so you said, you know, you, at the top of the hour, you went to Cardiff to go to art school, correct? Yeah. Now, and that, that was about, you said about seven years, seven years or so ago? Uh, yeah. 2014. Okay. Wow. Isn't it amazing to at 2014 was seven years ago? I know. <laughs> it's a very weird thought. Always <laughs> <Boys> time. <laughs> Now let me so let me ask you so how much so for for those that might be thinking about this is the time of year people might be applying for school art school yeah. would you say how would you still say the fact that now now in this day and age you can pretty much learn everything online is there still importance on going to uh, going to art school as compared to what you could probably just mm. learn on on your own right now yeah, it's uh, it's really important to think about. I think personally, instead of from talking to different people and to different artists, because um, people have very different experiences of art school, and I think it does depend on, um, I guess, what do you need and what you're expecting as well. Um, so I don't think it's necessary to to study an art course to then enter the industry. Um, for me personally, it really helped. And I think for me, it was a great opportunity because um, sort of the amount of resources and the whole community around, for example, my illustration course, that was something that I don't think I would really have the experience anywhere else. Mm. And, um, and also I think um, an experience like studying in a different country, it's in itself like a bit of an adventure. And I would really recommend it. I think like, it, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you just can't really get it anywhere else. So, right. um, yeah. Um, but I think that there are a lot of different ways now to sort of gain the skills and like the amount of sort of workshops and courses. So I guess just sort of, it's important to choose um, right. what is you, yeah. So what what did you find um, that, uh, you know, talking about your, your Kickstarter, let's pull that up right now. Yeah. <laughs> talking about your Kickstarter, okay. what, like I said, you've already hit. It probably shows up as a as a as a different as as, as a different amount converted. Okay, so it's, you probably see it in pounds. Probably. Yeah. Do you see? So when people that are looking at trying to do kickstarters, and what do you? And this is the first Kickstarter you did, and in, in, yeah. it's, it's funded in three hours. So, yeah. what would you gauge that success on? Um, is it the fact that you, you know, is it a social media presence you had in the beginning is the mm -hmm. fact that you've done some work? Um, how did you get people to come to your Kickstarter? Mm, I would say that it's really important to really give yourself a lot of time before the actual launch to prepare everything and sort of like put little seeds in different places in the internet. So um, different groups, different communities. I think with social media presence definitely helps as well. Mm. But I think at least from what I've seen, it's almost like the time before launching the Kickstarter. It's, it's, it's this crucial time, even more probably than just after launching, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and not being afraid of telling people about it even if sometimes I feel like it feels almost overt um, when we have to sort of promote something, especially as artists, um, we have to promote something online, but it's definitely worth it, I think, 
because there's just so much information online right now that you sort of have to you have to have that repetition and sort of try to talk to different people about it. So I'd say definitely build it up before the actual launch. Um, and yeah, and I think also what I thought about um, while sort of designing this and planning this is um, so it's visually consistent throughout. So it's quite clear uh, when it comes to language. And yeah, and thinking about sort of attractive rewards that people can't get anywhere else. I guess all of these elements are like equally important. And what were some of the things that you've, because uh, you're not a stranger to Kickstarter, you've backed Kickstarters in the past. What were some of the things when you're planning this out? How, what was the planning period? Did, if your recommendation for someone who's looking at launching one of their projects on Kickstarter, doing a comic on Kickstarter, should they plan two months ahead, three months, six months, one year? What would be your feedback? What would be your advice for them? Mm -hmm. Um trying to think how long it planned because <laughs> I think I started gathering ideas for it quite okay. early so I think I'm a big fan of like writing things down and making lists and things like that yeah. um, uh, but I think at least a month beforehand uh, mm -hmm. and I would definitely recommend if, if it's a comic or, or a zine or some kind of publication to have majority of your like art material ready before the Kickstarter happens as well so there's no sort of stress with deadlines Mm. Um, yeah, so it was probably around a month of, of planning this and doing a little bit of research and asking different people about advice. Mm. And what was your, and what did you see is uh, some of the things you've seen in previous Kickstarters where maybe you had a notepad and you're like, I got to do that. I have, I have to, I'm, I'm going to do that one. That's a great idea. What were some of the things that you, you said, I absolutely, I need to make sure I have this in my own Kickstarter. What was some of those items or things mm, i remember seeing i really enjoyed um seeing how different artists um come up with visuals for the whole campaign so not okay. just showing samples of your artwork but things like how are you going to frame your stretch goals how are you going to are you going to do some like custom lettering or people do um for example when they have some like unique rewards they do images for these rewards only and i think if this is all consistent, that really makes it look more professional okay. um, and contributes to that. So that definitely is what I was noticing. Um, I think I really enjoyed as well because I've backed quite a few Kickstarters before. I like how people post a lot of updates and it's sort of like, yeah, I guess it's almost like you get a bit of community around the campaign um, and you get responses from people and you just like stay in communication. Right. Because I, I can see that what you're mentioning yeah. earlier here, you have, like some of the frames that you're talking about, I think it's further, like here, the goal, stretch goals, like how that you created that, is that what you're referring to? Um, yes, I wanted it all to like have the same colors as the actual comic has, so it's all like one thing. And I do notice in your artwork, in your style, are you, are you making your own fonts on some of this? Like, is this your own? Yeah, it's it's all the handwriting uh, with ink or digital. Okay, did you create your own font like for this, or did you draw the you you wrote all these out? Digitally? It was just it was just hand drawn. Oh, wow. I probably should have tried to create a font, and that's probably something for the future. Uh, yeah, it's all just sort of hand drawn on the um, tablet in Photoshop, just sort of keeping similar lettering. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> 
So talk to us about this now. It's about your Kickstarter. What can people expect to uh, kind of give people a, a synopsis of what mm. the story is? Yeah, so um, so this comic is my debut comic, sort of like the longest thing I've done so far. Um, but it's a part one of a bit of a longer story. Um, and yeah, so as you can see, it's inspired by Slavic mythology. It's focusing around Rusauka, and she is a water demon from Slavic folklore. I guess she's kind of a, um, like the Slavic siren, there's some similar traits that so she's like, okay. uh, she has magical powers, she can like sing beautifully, she hangs out like around the lake as well. Um, and in the old legends, she's like death threat. So she sort of waits for people who are lost in the woods and then she drowns them. So that's, that's the belief. But when I was working on this um, and I was researching um, her as a character, um, I realized that she has um, a very sad origin story and I sort of don't want to give too many spoilers, but I thought it would be interesting to focus on the character and um, instead of just showing her in the same way that she's always portrayed to give her a bit of more of a storyline to think about what she might be feeling and, um, and that is how this story began. So it's about her trying to discover her memories and um, I guess discover her identity as a demon as well. <laughs> and so it is, uh, I think it's, it's 36 pages, right? Yeah. All right. And if you make a stretch goal, you're going to add an extra four pages, right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. That's so. Okay. And is that is that something that's already been written out that you kind of already have created or? Um, yeah. The, the, well, the, this first part is pretty much finished. And then there is also the script to extend that story sort of in the future mm. to maybe part two or a bigger book. Right. Now I wanted to. I, I was kind of curious to ask you about this about yeah. your the, your artwork. It's there's there's a level of kind of this 1950s vintage color plate feel to some of your artwork mm -hmm. as well. Do you have uh, your your color palette is amazing. Is that something that you kind of honed on your own, or is that something that you're you learned in art school about making sure that everything as the color wheel goes, you keep all your like either cool colors, warm color. How did you come up with mm. uh, putting together your palette for this? I think with coming up with a palette, there's just a lot of experimentation and trying things out. But okay. um, what you said about sort of the mid century feel to it, I've been looking at a lot of old prints and old postcards and even things like old Soviet postcards and the way that um, the paper texture is visible on it. So I was trying to have this nostalgic look to this comic and I guess them um, all the greens so they can be associated with like being underwater or maybe being in the forest. That was, mm. that was the idea for it. And so, yeah, so I kind of see when I look at it, when you, when you, when you do a close up and, uh, and the, the, the image doesn't do it justice, but you do have um, kind of a pattern, like a, a filter or a, an overlay almost to make it feel yeah. as though there's this vintage feel to the to the story. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So there's um, the, the, the set textures that I use throughout this comic that I think contribute to that nostalgic feel. Okay. And um, yeah, I really enjoy that effect. Um, but I don't actually do it in... A lot of my other work, I think mm. I just wanted something 
very consistent and quite like a limited color, color palette for this story. Right. And do you have, yeah, looking at some of your other, some of your other work here and you've done, as you mentioned, some editorial. So you've, you've done some yeah. publications and illustrations for some publications. A little bit. Yeah. I've been collaborating with um, some Polish magazines and some online magazines as well. And it's a lot of um, illustrating for, um, I really enjoy illustrating for like um, lifestyle articles um, or ones that talk about like psychology, body image, these kind of topics. Mm. So slightly straying away from the folklore there. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, getting back to the Kickstarter, do you, I'm really, so where did you find like the textures and stuff? It's like if there's an artist that might be watching says, hey, I do digital art, where can I find, where, where can I find some of these textures? Is Digital there a, textures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really recommend scanning things in, in general. Okay. Like sometimes I had um, bits of like old paper or like crumpled paper that I thought, oh my, that might be interesting. Sort of scan it in, in good resolution. You can experiment with that. You can change things like um, levels or curves in Photoshop and have really interesting effects. Um, but also there's um, sometimes you can just get uh, sort of licensed but free um, texture packs somewhere that actually hit the spot. Um, and again, just trying things out. I think that's that's the way to go. <laughs> it's, and I and I love the fact that you have one of your stretch goals is uh, a, a Polish version of. The, do you have? Is all of these comics? Or is there, there going to be different? Are you going to have a in a Polish language mm -hmm. or is it all in English? Um, is going to be in Polish actually. I'm Polish, in the okay. process of translating it now, which is also quite interesting. Um, so I haven't, I guess, translated my own work before. Uh, but yeah, I'm very happy that it's going to be printed in Poland as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to um, to talk to some sort of like comics groups um, in Poland, and I'm collaborating with um, someone there to have this printed and have it stocked in mm. Poland as well. So from the translation uh, aspect of things, is there yeah. any aspects of the story which seems to be either, you know, told in a uh, in a richer way in English or in Polish, depending on how the translation works? Um, yeah, I think I think some of the expressions or some of the descriptions, I can see I need to tweak them um, because if I translate them literally, they're just not going to have the same, I guess, emotion right. um, or just the same atmosphere. So that's a really um, interesting experience trying to like just get this get this right, right. as well. Yes, yeah, so there is a bit of a difference. Okay. But because um, because I wrote it in English to start with, so it's almost like I am translating this now to my first language. <laughs> so the other way, the other way around, um, it happens. Yeah. Do you have, so you already have, um, do you have other stretch goals kind of in mind just in case you, I mean, when you, when you hit your next one or? Actually at the moment, I think, I think this is, this is what's planned. Uh, I guess there are 27 days left, so we will see where this takes us and if there's anything else. Um, but I like the idea of adding like little bits of merchandise, things like, um, the sticker sheet, I also have the art print and the bookmark, which I just designed specifically for this Kickstarter. Um, so I think if, if there are any other stretch goals, I'm just going to be um, making similar things. Right. So talk to us a little bit about 
designing the designing the comic. Now, did you? You said you worked in Photoshop. Do yeah. you then have to do? You, do you format it in Photoshop, or do you format it in like InDesign or or on any other publishing program? I think to prepare it for print, this is going to be InDesign. Okay. But at the moment, um, it's it's been all Photoshop. And when I worked on the script, that was Photoshop as well. So I've been doing just loads of digital thumbnails and just thinking about different compositions and how uh, the layout of the page sort of might work. And I guess working digitally there is, is quite useful because um, with digital, you can sort of fix and move things around very quickly. Okay. So that worked very well. So you said this was your first, kind of your first go at creating like a, a long form, you know, graphic um, novel. Yeah. Do you, how did you, I'm I'm really curious to kind of you know talk to us about your process. Did you actually end up sketching things out? Did you have like a list of ideas, or did you write a, like an actual script? How did you go from how did basically how did you how did you get the, how did you create the end product yeah, as, a, been, as a creative? Yeah, yeah, it's been all of these things <laughs> because I've been working on this story for a really long time. It's it's one of these things that the idea for it came to me maybe like three years ago and then i had a few attempts of trying to turn it into a bigger story mm -hmm. and it only happened this year so i had different sketches and notes um sort of both like notebooks filled in with notes and um different thumbnails like just then with pencil and then this year when i felt like yes i have more structured material that i can sort of just um try to make it in a more organized way and then i moved everything digitally but i had um just uh, a script that was just written, just text, and then different thumbnails to work on the pages. So I need both text and image, I think, when I plan things out. Okay. And, and, and did you already, like, when, you, when you're writing, you read out, did you have, like, you know, so-and-so said, like, almost like a play script, or did, like, a like some sort of, like, a script of, like, you would read in, like, a, a play, or did you kind of have an idea of what they were going to say mm -hmm. in advance, or did you just kind of type it right out as it went out that were I think I typed it um I think sort of in my head I try to imagine this story like it's an animated film. Okay. So I think when I was writing the the script which was just text, it's sort of like a bit of description of what happens uh, in every panel and um and then obviously the speech bubbles sort of in different fonts so i can like visually distinguish it but it's not a terribly organized script i have to admit because <laughs> because it was just for me so um so i think i think it's been a bit chaotic but um but yeah but it's very descriptive so i sort of so i know what kind of um atmosphere or emotion right. i want from every panel yeah and do you have so when you when you put this together uh, uh and you launch the kickstarter do you how how did you kind of plan out the the costs of things? Because obviously you'll you have to add in, you know, the price of like shipping and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, how did you stuff. create that? Yeah. <laughs> There's um yeah. Oh, it's tricky. And sorry, my headphone just decided. Oh. <laughs> um, um yeah, it's um I think there's a lot of hidden costs as well, but it's writing everything out. Um so it's the whole cost of production, which is not only printing, but it's things like getting the ISBN number, uh, mm -hmm. because with the ISBN, then obviously the book can be uh, stocked in, in shops and things like that. 
Um, there's things like the costs of postage and packaging, so everything can be packaged safely. Um, and then the whole cost of the uh, all the merch that goes with the project as well. So I think it's good to think about any possible cost, like even the smallest ones, to work out like a budget that's safe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us a bit about your tiers now. So you have your uh, your your pledge that that the, the U.S. two dollar tier, the one pound pledge. This is I haven't seen this before. This is interesting, where it's just basically like a mini digital reward. Yeah. Did you did, token of appreciation? Yeah, it's what's interesting. I've never seen. I've seen you know, a lot of Kickstarters will say, "Here's, you know, for one, you know, for for one British pound or one American mm -hmm. dollar, here's, um, th it's a thank you. We'll decide you to." But you've, I love the fact that, and I mean, really no cost because it's digital. Mm -hmm. Is that you have digital wallpapers? For yeah, that. I think everybody should get something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I thought that might be interesting to just have like a, a little. A little thing like yeah, even if it's just a wallpaper. Yeah. And then there's a bigger digital reward, which is the um, PDF version of the comic in both languages as well. Right. And yeah. with that, and you also get the digital wallpaper for that yeah. too. So. Okay. Yeah. And then what's the uh, the water lily tier here? Um, that's the art print, um, which is the illustration done for the Kickstarter. Um, and I'll be printed on A4, I think. Um, but then, yes, yeah, so sort of art print only, but then there's also um, Kickstarter introduced this new function, which is add-ons. Right. So you can also have sort of like little um, items that can be added to rewards. So I think I try to make like loads of different rewards um, on very different levels. So then it's comfortable for um, whoever wants to support to just pick something that, that fits them. Okay. And then you have this is kind of like your main, your main one here. This is like your comic book one, right? Here, yeah. This yeah. Level. And, and this is. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Oh no, I just yeah the comic, and then it comes with like the bookmark and the stickers and all the real fun stuff. Oh, that's awesome! And a handwritten thank you card too. Look at that. Oh yeah. So, you, but you would get basically this is two copies of the comic, one in Polish and one in, one in English, right? Or you pick. The, oh, you pick the language. Okay. Yeah, right. there is there is a possibility to sort of add another one later on as well. But yeah, because um, because I have some um, backers that are based in Poland and they might prefer to sort of wait for the Polish version, so there will be an option to choose. Okay. And so, and then this one is it's the same. Oh, this is the this is just in Polish. Just right? in Polish, yeah. This okay. has been added sort of after um, we reached the um, the first okay. goal. Right. Okay, I see. Forest Garden Guardian tier. So this is the retailer reward. So this is where you get okay, you get seven copies yes. of it. Yes. Yeah, with a sort of um, perks like saving on the retail prices a little bit. Okay. All right. And you would still get the the bookmark and. Oh yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. So something for everyone, I guess. And is this the kick? Also, yeah. oh, this is a Kickstarter exclusive illustration. Yeah, that that's it. You mentioned okay. And this, as you, so, I'm really curious. So this, did you draw this? That as you said earlier, you usually draw and then scan. Did you? Is this all digital, or you drew mm. this out and then? Yeah, this one. This one's fully digital. Okay. All right. Actually, with um, I guess I guess he has quite heavy texturing. 
So it yeah. probably has like a bit of the um, feel of like an old print, or at least that was um, what I was aiming for. Right. And is that something was so, but when you scan these, when you, so another piece of advice to give to artists, mm. when you opened this up and you create and you started working on this thing was, did you do it at like 300 DPI or did you do it higher? Um, I usually go for 400. Okay. So the 300 DPI is recommended for print, but I'd say for the safety and especially if you want to work on smaller details and close-ups, then going 400 or even 600 is probably ideal. For like making like a poster print size. Yeah, yeah, for like A4 and, and more. If it's just for the screens, then I guess it doesn't matter as much. But then again, if you want to work on more detailed elements, then... Um, having higher resolution is always always better. Okay, and uh, and I'm just kind of curious to see what you had for. Add I can't look at add-ons. That's too bad. Uh, it's and there is there and there's there any other add-ons that you have on here that we haven't seen yet. So you have your bookmark, comic book. Yeah, um, okay. the add-ons are oh. things like my previous zines. So I have the Slavic mythology art book that can be added to a reward. Okay. Uh, basically, I guess the things that you can see in the folklore uh, bundle. Yeah. 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 So these are just my other projects that are also linked to Slavic folklore, but not directly to this story. So you mentioned. So let's talk about some world building pieces to this. So you mentioned okay. this. This is. That this is your it's inspired by Slavic mythology, so it's yeah. not you're not just taking the characters and just writing them as it. So you're kind of putting your own twist on it. Mm, is that what you yeah, meant by inspired? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And do you? So is there more? Because I just saw you on here. You had a, a Baba Yaga t-shirt mm, as an yeah. as an add-on. I do like Baba Yaga. Um, from a wet from a Western Baba Yaga seems to be the most popular. Like when you talk about Slavic mythology, yeah. that's the one where. She rides around in like in her in her hut with chicken legs, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and eats children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, so, she's. A, I think she's in loads of like pop culture media at the moment as well. Yeah. And do you see? Is your idea now that as you see this is successful, um, is there going to be? Are you, are you looking at creating um, um, like a, a creating like a a Rusalka? part two or are you going to do a different book with like a different character inspired by slavic mythology what's mm. your plan what's your what's your long-term game mm. on this this is exciting there's a lot of plans <laughs> but yeah i would love to i would love to create the second part of Rusauga, especially that as i said i already have a good idea of the script for it so mm -hmm. i'd like it to be a bigger thing but um Actually, speaking of Babayaga, I also have an idea for a longer story, possibly a graphic novel, and that will um, be focused on Babayaga and is based on um, a Russian legend called Vasilisa the Wise. It's very fun. So, um, yes, I'm hoping to be working with, I guess, adapting all of these old folk tales and adapting them for like a modern audience and having like a bit of a twist for them. Right. And it's are, are you see are are there going to be mutually exclusive stories or are there going to be inter are they going to interact at all or how does what's I'm your not, I'm not sure yet yeah <laughs> I think at the moment they are separate stories um, but they definitely will have some some mutual elements just because because they are sort of heavily based on um, these specific legends and um, yeah so I think 
I think there'll be some some cool elements to them. Yeah. And do you have and 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 so like when you when you're doing a different so will uh Rusalka be the same color palette or are you gonna change it a bit or and then have your other characters have a different color palettes? How is that? Uh, what do you envision that looking like? I think I see Rusaoka with this color palette. I think okay. in my head as well, um, this sort of like underwater foresty colors are just what I associate with that story. But I think for the other projects, I generally really like playing with different color um, and different color combinations. Right. So I think um, I couldn't just sort of stick to one palette for a very long time. Right. Uh, different things right and, and and do you see yourself uh you know moving forward what would be some of the what's a, this is kind of a hard question because you 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 had a your your, your kickstarter is being very successful so so the question is what would you what would you wish that you did starting to make it even more successful is there anything that you wanted to do with your Kickstarter that you say, ah, oh, it's too late now. I ran out of time, mm. but I wanted to do this or that or anything like that. With this specific one. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that is a bit of a tough question, actually. Um, I think that um, because it's quite a short story at the moment, mm. um, it's a bit tricky to... Um, do upgrades like I've seen a lot of artists who publish graphic novels through Kickstarter. You can sort of upgrade the book in loads of different ways. Um, so I think at the moment, um, if we reach that last goal, I'll be thinking about uh, the separate additional items that I can add to the book, or maybe a few extra pages um, as mm. well. Uh, but I think that's 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 what I'm planning at the moment. Okay. Um, and then for the maybe next projects, uh, I'll try to make it bigger if that's possible. So who would you say the audience is for this? Is it for children or is it for young adults or what would you? I think yeah, I think young adults is probably yeah yeah that's probably the best way and yeah, but I guess just anyone who's into um, like dark fantasy or folklore and mythology, I think this is quite a like dreamlike and magical story um with like <clears throat> strongly built atmosphere as well so anyone who enjoys the kind of thing right so 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 talk so so talk to us a bit about what would be some what would be some advice that you would also give for folks who are um who are looking to kind of create a, a long form comic like this what would be some advice that you would give people mm, i'd say don't be afraid to take your time and sort of think things through and try things out. Um, but I think with setting for creating a bigger story, um, it's really important to pick the topic that you either really care about or just makes you really excited and feel passionate about it. Because, um, well, I'm personally, I'm still quite new to comics and what I have <laughs> discovered is that it really takes so much more work than you would think, I guess. Um, so I, yeah, I think I think if it's something that you're really passionate about, um, then that's super important. Um, and yeah, for me, it really helped um, taking notes and planning out elements of the world. And even though it's a short story, sort of imagining it as a part of a bigger, bigger world, it makes it seem more real, even if it's mm. just for you while you're creating it. 
and, and, and what do you say? So where do you see the best, I don't know, it's like uh, uh, response, community response that you've seen? Is it through Twitter? Is it through Instagram? Is it through, uh, where have you seen like your best, when it came to starting to promote your promote this where did you where did your where's the your community mostly coming from do you think um i think instagram is my main platform at the moment and i had a really lovely response um and people were really uh, connecting with it which was great um but also um surprisingly like um the comics facebook groups like there's some really great places there. So um, I had a really amazing response from um, like the Polish comics community, sort of way more enthusiastic than I even anticipated at the beginnings. I really, oh, really wow. appreciate that. Yeah, it's been really great. So you see a lot of it. So, and oh, that's interesting. So um, oh, I can't go any further on that. Uh, and and so that would be kind of the recommendations, kind of kind of find your you know, find your family in a way, find the, find the people that you kind of connect with the most and, and help with that. And yeah, I think so. Because, yeah. um, at least for me, I think that's like, I guess the most genuine because you have a group of people, um, and you're sort of passionate about the right. same medium or the same topic. And yeah, I think that's the part of it that I enjoyed the most is actually like talking to people and, um, talking to other artists about their work and like connecting on that level. I think that's really important. And where do you see also is, you know, some advice on looking at some passive income aspects of things? Because I do see you you also have uh, an Etsy page. So I do. How, uh, how, much of, how much of a setup would this be for someone that's looking at uh, trying to get some other income coming in? I think it works really well. And if you can um, sort of hit the niche as well with your work, that's that can work very, very well. Um, but it does take a bit of self-promoting, I guess, as, as everything does. Yeah. But And I would recommend the Etsy as a platform as well um, because they have their own search engine. So you can really get completely new people coming to your work through that. Okay. Oh, wow. And what have you seen also is like, is it mostly your prints or stickers or, or patches? What do you seem to be that people seem to gravitate more towards? Um, the, well, the Slavic mythology art book um, is by far, I think people are drawn to it the most. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I'm actually planning to release some more prints over the next month. But yeah, I think print sales and stickers as well, like people, I think... People like sort of little things as well, like stickers and patches. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So uh, I'm trying to look at, so this is good. So you've, 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 you've hit your goal. It's so exciting to, to see that. And, um, and where can people, if people are interested in, in, in learning more about your work, where can they, where can they find you? So um, through my website, um, if you like, there's links to all my social media, but I'm on Instagram as a pigeon X person and on Twitter as um, your little pigeon. <laughs> there's all different versions of the pigeon. Um, but I'd say um, if you'd like to check out my work, I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram. Okay. 
Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you very much, Camila, aka Pigeon, for, for coming on the show. This has been great. And, Thanks. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, and congratulations again on on reaching your goal. And I'm really excited to to uh, see to, to see how far this goes. This is good stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. You're welcome. Okay, cool. And is are you when you're like you're kind of your studio right now? Is that where you're in? Right uh, now? I've got like a home workspace, but yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I like it because like the shirt you're wearing too kind of matches some of your pattern designs. It's, it's it oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. one with my drawings, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You just <laughs> the way to live. <laughs> encompassed by your style yeah. that's right why not <laughs>